This is an RNZ podcast. As Sky struggled to get a foothold in New Zealand television broadcasting, things turned pear-shaped for TV3. The receivers moved into TV3 today and their first decision was to make sure the network stayed on air. The receivers sent a representative to the TV3 building... That was a brief bit of the series-ending episode of Making New Zealand, which screened last Sunday night on Prime TV. That series is all about how important aspects of this country were built, but last Sunday's episode was all about the history of broadcasting in New Zealand. Now, TV3 is a significant part of that. It was the first private channel to emerge after the reforms of 1989. But, as you heard there, it soon went bust, trying to compete commercially with the incumbent state-owned TVNZ. Last weekend's Making New Zealand programme explained that the government had to step in at the time to save TV3. The only way that TV3 was going to be uh, recovered from this crisis was for the government to go back to the 1989 Broadcasting Act and literally delete the clause that talked about limits on the foreign ownership of New Zealand media in order to allow Can West to buy TV3. The Canadians did indeed buy in, TV3 stayed on, and the rest is history. But 30 years on, history repeated this week. Sort of. The current bosses of the company are now looking for new owners again, and again loudly complaining that it's not in a fair fight with TVNZ, and urging the government to help it out. These are ultimately commercial decisions, and so really my acknowledgement today, though, is for the uncertainty that I recognise that creates for those who are working in that field. Last Friday, broadcasting company MediaWorks announced it intends to sell its television operations but retain its radio business. MediaWorks owns the free-to-air channels 3, 3 Life and Bravo and around half of the country's commercial radio stations. The company's Auckland offices and studios will also be put on the market and they're looking for a new buyer which will have the option to lease the premises if it intends to keep the channels running. In recent years, the TV side of MediaWorks has struggled to break even, while the radio networks have remained profitable. And for the past two years, the top brass at the company have been warning that the free-to-air television market is unsustainable in New Zealand. So finding a buyer for the channels will be no easy task, and in the meantime, the future of them is uncertain. MediaWorks TV chief executive Michael Anderson says he believes the television operation can be separated for the rest of the company and be profitable under a new owner. The TV business has been in loss since I I got here and and was in loss for a number of years before that. Over the last number of years, we've really been able to reduce that loss very significantly um, to the point of moving towards break-even. This year, the market has, um, has brought into stark relief that all of those trends make it a very uncertain um, position. It makes it very, very difficult to operate. From our position, from our, our competitive position, it makes it very difficult to get to a sustainable profit. The chief executive of MediaWorks, Michael Anderson, speaking on RNZ's Checkpoint program last Friday. There he was describing MediaWorks TV channels as good businesses in a bad market, one he believes is skewed by the dominant presence of state-owned TVNZ, which he reckons is insulated from some of the same commercial pressures that his channels face. Michael Anderson has insisted that three and the other channels won't be closed by Christmas, a prospect that some media reports have floated, but he wouldn't say just how long the company would keep them on the air if they don't find a buyer quickly or at all. However, one thing on which many pundits were singing from the same song sheet as Michael Anderson was that the company's news service would be missed if it was closed down or cut back.
Any local news is an important asset for any, any country. I think it's more important for New Zealand than, than in most because you don't have a lot of diversity here. You've got, everywhere you look, you've got businesses that are challenged, news businesses that are challenged. Um, you've got two free-to-air, you've got two news, news um, uh, two newspapers, and you've got, obviously, um, RNZ, which is, uh, which is, is not a, a um, commercial beast. But if, when you look at it, it's very important to maintain that diversity. And so um, we're very proud of what News Hub has become and what it achieves and what it delivers. And we're very conscious that, that a functioning democracy needs diversity of news. Then why sell it? Because we would hope that a new buyer will find a way to be able to continue that and potentially even resource it more effectively than we've been able to. From TV3's earliest days back in 1989 right through to 2017, Mark Jennings was at the heart of the company's news operation. He served as its head of news for many years. He worked through several upheavals in that time, and he knows the media market well. So what future does he think the company's TV channels and its news service have now? MediaWorks is basically giving up on television. It's tried to make it profitable, and it's failed. It's tried to sell radio and television as a package, and now essentially it's admitting defeat and trying to carve off the television arm. But I think calling it a sale is stretching it. I I think it'll be free uh, to a good home. I think they're really going to struggle to find a buyer. But even being given away free, whoever uh, takes it over is probably staring at coping with losses of around 5 to 10 million a year. And they'd have to have a pretty good plan to turn that around. I mean, one of the reasons why MediaWorks hasn't been able to sell the company as a whole is because nobody wants the television arm. Everybody knows that in this market, a free-to-air television station doesn't have a particularly rosy future. And I think that's why MediaWorks have been lobbying so hard at trying to get the government to kind of restructure the television industry in this country, because that's really the only hope of, I guess, changing the landscape and then interesting a buyer. And Mark, we know that this is a work in progress. Uh, the Broadcasting and Digital Media Minister, Chris Farfoy, he's talked about uh, reforming policy, announcing something by the end of the year, and uh, he's signalled that he's worried about media diversity. And do you think this announcement actually changes what the government might have been thinking? You're right in that Farfoy and the government have been looking at this and have been worried about this. But I think it's too late for media works. Any change that Farfoy might um, instigate, and let's say he did decide to make TV One a non-commercial station like MediaWorks wants him to, that process would take at least 12 months, possibly even 24 months. MediaWorks just don't have that time. They, they are out of money um, from a television point of view, and Oak Tree, its owner, is just out of patience. It, it's, had a, it's had enough of this. So that's why we've seen executives like the CEO, Michael Anderson, um, the head of news, uh, Hal Crawford, getting really wound up about it um, because they know time's up. And I, I just don't think the government can come to the party soon enough for them. 
And uh, you've been there, of course, for many, many years, right at the heart of the operation as, as head of news. Uh, and I wonder, uh, the joining together of parts of the company, the creation of the News Hub brand and so on, uh, under under a, a previous management regime, that must make it actually harder to separate out the country, uh, the company into its um, profitable radio and advertising section and its uh, loss-making or struggle-to-break-even TV operation? Yes, uh, the integration of the company has been a failure. And right back, it was opposed by a lot of the experienced executives uh, within MediaWorks. Uh, most, including myself, knew that it wasn't a good strategy, that there isn't the synergies between radio and TV that people might think there are. Just as just as there isn't between, say, newspapers and radio, there are some, but they are really small, and it's not the panacea. And they're also very different mediums, and they attract very different people. And even some of the previous CEOs of MediaWorks resisted it because they knew it wasn't going to work. I mean, Oak Tree, Mark, the owners, the offshore owners, they did uh, sanction that uh, mashing together of the company, the creation of News Hub, and that was a one-off cost. They've also serviced the debt, some tens of millions of dollars they've they've put in to keep it afloat. They have shown some level of commitment to keeping it going. Um, do you think it, it reached a point where they simply weren't prepared to wear those losses and service those debts anymore? Well, I think you're right in that they, they have shown uh, plenty of commitment and plenty of patience. But what they didn't have when they arrived uh, as owners was any media knowledge. It's taken them a long time to learn, I guess, what the New Zealand television market is all about. Maybe integration of radio and TV is not going to yield the results they thought it might. Well, they've certainly pumped in plenty of cash and they've kept it going. Uh, earlier this year, they, they gave Anderson um, an ultimatum that if he couldn't turn it round, they were going to close it. And I think we're now seeing them basically playing that card. Uh, so it, it's a last roll of the dice here, this um, can we sell it approach. Well, things are in limbo, I guess, uh, while they pursue the sales process, to use the, the language in their, in their press release. But what what timeline do, you, do we think might be in operation here? Could we even guess at the lifespan of these channels? If they struggle to find a buyer, is it conceivable that the channels as we know them and the news service news hub uh, could, could simply close down in you know the relatively short term? It's hard to put a timeline on any of this because there's also going to have to be an unpicking uh, of the two companies. How's radio going to get a news service? Is there going to be a contract in place with television to provide that? If you're the radio owner, you're going to go, well, I want the lowest cost uh, product possible. Um, radio news for music stations is really a commodity play. Um, it's not a, a high branded uh, product like it is in television. So there's a lot of, I guess, um, issues around separation. And I think unless that's been going on in the background, uh, if it was starting now, uh, that will take a bit of time. Um, buyers of the television side will also, I guess, want to do significant due diligence because what are the contracts around programming? Um, just take the project, for instance. That's a licensed show uh, from Network 10 in Australia. 
I don't know how long that licence runs. Um, what would they do uh, in terms of exiting that? There's a huge number of questions in all this. So again, I think it would be well into next year before any sale process is uh, completed. But clearly today, the flag went up. And Mark, you've lived through uh, a lot of upheavals in your time at that business at a fairly senior level. Um, for example, it went into receivership back in, in 2015 when the management regime changed. I mean, is this, though, perhaps the most serious situation that it's faced uh, since, you know, that receivership um, you know, way back in, I think it was 1990, when it was uh, trying to get off the ground and the law had to be changed to allow uh, foreign owners from Canada uh, to come in and, uh, and rescue it? I think this is the most uh, serious and crunch time in TV3's history. Not only does it have the issues that it's always had in this market, uh, which is dominated by TVNZ, but the whole media landscape has changed. Facebook, Google, Netflix didn't even really exist. Now they take nine-tenths of every uh, digital advertising dollar. So I think it is... Uh, much more serious for the future. And I think this is where the government will be concerned. It really won't want to lose uh, the television news service um, out of media works. Programs, comedy shows, reality shows, I don't think anybody's going to be too fussed about that. But to lose a really important news network, I, I think is troubling. And I think that's where the government will be thinking about perhaps some short-term or, you know, earlier intervention than it might have been able to um, get through uh, in a wider context, if you know what I mean. Anything the government you think should or, or even must do as a result of this change? Does it, does it change for you or what, what do you think they, they ought to put in place now for this media policy review we know that they're working on? Well, nobody exactly knows what this media policy that they are working on entails. But it's a really, really tough question. What do you do? Um, but the trouble is now, it's not just the television stations that get funding from NZ On Air. Every platform, including Stuff, NZ Me, my own company, Newsroom, the spin-off, Radio New Zealand, we all are asking NZ On Air for funding. So it's, it's a very difficult situation for the government. But I do think we will see something from them, uh, but it's just hard to know what it'll be. That was Mark Jennings, the co-editor of the online news service newsroom.co.nz, formerly the head of news at MediaWorks for many, many years. The company this week announced it's trying to sell its TV operations.